Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a special hump day edition with the great Terry Danaher as we get set for what has become... There's Anzac Day, and I reckon now it's Big Freeze Monday too. It's just one of the great days of the Melbourne sporting calendar. Terry Danaher, brother of Neil, and good enough to join us. Hey, Terry. Good morning to you, Ralph. Yeah, it's a, it's a big week uh, coming up. You know, uh, we've got the big slide going, or the big freeze, uh, this coming Monday. So, uh, you know, we've, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, people will get behind it. They've been wonderful to this date, and... Uh, and of course, uh, the celebrities that are going to be going down the slide—all nine of them, I think it is—and uh, so we've got some beauties again. And uh, no, it'll be a great day, great occasion. Plus, as you back it up with the Collingwood Melbourne game, should be a ripper. ripper uh, day. Absolutely. So we're actually we, we record this at Kuyong. now. Swanee's not here, by the way, because mm. he's in the state, and we did part one with him, and we'll. Just weren't confident about the audio and we want to do this properly. So hence, hence wanting not being here, just to explain that to, to our people. But uh, we, we record this at Kuyong and mm. Tennis Club. And uh, this was, I was here nine and a half years ago, I reckon it was, when this was all launched. I mean, at the time, MND probably didn't have much of an imprint in the, uh, well, Victorian, never mind Australian community, as far as what an insidious disease it was. And the awareness has just been unbelievable mm. since that day. Yes, look, Ralph, it's a slow killer, and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't, and, and I didn't know anything about it until yeah. Neil was uh, was diagnosed with it, so, uh, yeah, so it's been great that, uh, you know, he's put his heart and mind to it, and uh, and really has, uh, we, we didn't think that it'd, it'd ever grow as big as what it has, and, uh, you know, thanks to the support of everybody out there in the community, and sponsors and so forth, uh, TV and radio networks. and uh, But it's been fantastic. I think people only realise the severity of that that type of disease. It's a, a shock and it's, it's hard on families and hard on the individual, obviously, because it's, uh, you know, it's a, you know, the future's not great. If you're diagnosed with it, it's uh, you know, really you're signing off. Uh, you know, people are lucky to last 18, 18 months. Two years, let alone yeah. Neil's coming up to nine years. But uh, in saying that, uh, Neil has he's been very fortunate. He's, he's had a lot of support. 
and I know other people that have that have had the same had the disease have had the support of their families and, and as much as they can do. And, uh, but Neil's, yeah, you know, pretty strong. He's, he uh, and he he really wants to fight this damn beast and uh, and find an outcome certainly in in his lifetime. When when were you told, and how how did you get the news, and and what, what was the reaction? Well, I mean, Neil was over in Perth at the time. Yeah. He was, uh, I think, footy manager there for the West Coast Eagles or team manager, and um, uh, I think he discovered one morning there that oh, he was hanging some clothes out in the line there before he he went to work, and uh, things become increasingly difficult trying to use his fingers to uh, to put pressure on the pegs, you know, and and, and put hanging his jeans and so forth and uh, and then it, it got increasingly difficult to put the key in the ignition of the car and, and he thought well I better go and find out what's going on here and uh, sure enough you know he was diagnosed with it and it wasn't too long after that uh, you know things go pretty quickly through the den of her family mate we, we soon <laughs> found out and uh, and uh, yeah he said well I've got this motor neuron neuron disease and um, uh, yeah, we'd better look into it and find out a little bit more about it. Uh, I'm not self-inserting, uh, but I've I, I had a fantastic relationship with the Demons as a supporter. And you were Demons, man. Well, I am, and I was, I was involved with the Coterie. You don't look like a Demons, man. Correct, yeah. You look more like this. Yeah. <laughs> you got a few wrinkles there, mate. And, uh. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, So I got to know Neil pretty well, both in, through my media days and also barracking for Melbourne, and... and at the coffee shop up the road, and it wasn't long after that, and I was on the way to do a radio interview, Sam. Uh, on the racing, I was on the racing channel at the time and had to be there at 11 and pop in for a coffee at 10 o'clock, and at the back of the shop, I see Neil and his daughters and just waving, Ralphie, come over and have a chat. And I, I did, and I thought, I'm running late, but how good is this that Neil's... And I, I knew by then that the... The word had got out that, uh, and I think he'd only like maybe even moved in Melbourne that week, moved back. But his positivity was through the roof. Now, there's no doubt he would have had ups and downs, but he clearly said, well, this is my mindset and I'm going to make the most of every opportunity I can make out of this. Yeah, he's fairly strong in that uh, that uh, department, uh, Neilo, and uh, whenever he puts his mind to something, he... Uh he really takes a job on and uh, he doesn't like coming second too often. <laughs> I found that out as a young fella. And, but, uh, yeah, I think that's just been a thing that, uh, you know, I always recall years ago that um, you know, Neil, even we come off farm up there in the Northern River in New South Wales and Neil was only there to about age 12. He, uh, he was never going to be a farmer, Ralph, but uh, <laughs> he was lucky enough to have uh, gained a scholarship and uh, into a college in Goulburn, St Pat's College in Goulburn, and um, he spent four years there and two years at Assumption College, Kilmore, to do his year 11 and 12, so he was never home. And, of course, when you're in... Co- it's a great thing, I suppose, in a lot of ways. You don't, you don't get mum's cooking, but <laughs> you, you learn to stand on your own two feet yeah. and, uh, and learn to, you know, to start making decisions for yourself. And uh, so we grew up... Uh, pretty quickly and uh, learned to stand on his own two feet, make strong decisions and uh, that's held him in good stead, I think, all the way through through his, uh, you know, his work, working career, coaching and now uh, with the um, with the foundation. So, so it's not a cliche that, that Neil was the intellectual one and you were the farm boy? Well, I, I was stenciled pretty well. <laughs> Mother, 
Edna wanted us all to go away. She wanted to give us all a good education, and she did. I think she did pretty much with all of them except me. <laughs> I was the eldest in the family, and I remember overhearing a discussion one night at the uh, the table, and I said, "What are we going to do with Terry? He's our first one. I want to send him away to college." He said, "No, no." Dad, old Jim said, no, 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 we've got uh, too much work going on at home here. Uh, he's, not, he's not worth sending away to school. I'll make a farm around So that was virtually, yeah, I, I was the only one that didn't. But I had the uh, escape with uh, with sport and uh, was able to, uh, was fortunate enough to uh, get away and, uh, you know, through my football. Yeah. And, uh, and finished up down in Melbourne that way. I think, uh, yeah, both mum and dad got a lot of joy out of watching the boys grow up and you know, in playing their footy and uh, and eventually you know, make it down here in Melbourne, so that gave him a lot of joy. I think dad always kicks himself that uh, it, when he had that opportunity back in his younger days that uh, the opportunity wasn't there for him And uh, you know, back in the days and uh, uh, you know, uh, on the farming just after the Depression, you know, and then we fell on good times and... The farming game really boomed. Yep. And, uh, and you know, and he was showing a fair bit of form. What type of farming? I should uh, ask. We're wheat and sheep. Wheat and yeah, sheep, wheat yeah. Wheat and sheep up that way. We're just... Both, Sam. Just <laughs> south of uh, Forbes, where all those floods have been. Parks yes. and Forbes. Mm. Uh, we're in between the, the Lachlan River uh, and uh, the Murrumbidgee, which is Wagga, you know, Narendra, Leeton, Griffith, and, you know, that way. So we're right in the smack bang in the middle. So... Um, uh, Dane often speaks about uh, the the beauty of Victoria Park for him, even though the Lexus Centre had opened by the time he was he was playing. Is uh, I said, how was the when I ever asked him about Victoria Park? He's heart and soul ground, but they they got Legionnaires' disease there. So, <laughs> <laughs> what were suburban grounds like? Both at, and people might not know this because you're an Essendon legend, but uh, you started at the Lakeside Oval, so so. I reckon the uh, the facilities might have been a bit below what they get at the hangar oh, at Tullamore now. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing when you look back there. All those uh, what we call boutique ovals back in the day, the uh, <laughs> great tracks, you know, like you get to the ground, you, you, it's always going to be muddy, or you go down to Moorabbin and the taps have been left running, just <laughs> dribbling <laughs> up and down the Mary Creek cricket pitch, the muddy wicket, and... and uh, or you go to Vic Park and, uh, mate, the atmosphere, the nightmare of trying to find a car park. <laughs> you know, just a, As they, a player. They have, they have a, 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 a lot of space there, for, but they're all chock-a-block. If you turn up there a bit late, there's not too many spaces available, so someone must have slung the bloke on the gate and there's a few more cars in there than expected. But uh, but uh, then you've got the actual game and the, oh, the atmosphere and the... The crowds are really into it, and uh, particularly Collingwood supporters, <laughs> and they'd say the same about Essendon. Yep. But uh, they were wonderful times. And cold showers, you know, the under-19s would play, then the seconds would play. They'd be throwing their boots in, the, wash their boots in the baths and running all, <laughs> using up all the hot water. we get in there and there's a drip and uh, yeah, not too much warm water, mate. So if you weren't the first one in... You know, she communal baths after the game? Oh, not uh, not so much communal <laughs> baths. I was still full full with bloody uh, Mary Creek mud. It's just grey, <laughs> thick water. So uh, uh, the kids, the younger ones, had a had a bit of fun there, using up all our hot water. But uh, but that, them's were the day and uh, the days. And 
they were they were great times. Sadly, that that's what's missing in today's footy. You know, you know, great, we got big stadiums, all the latest, you know, the turf, the, the turf drainage and things like that, and more pressure in the showers and. They never like we, <laughs> Waverley was so great when we we, we Waverley was huge built. Oh, you stand under there for fifteen minutes. <laughs> she just poured down on top of you, you know. <laughs> after being to Moorabbin or Big Park, or and they say Windy Hill was the same. You yeah. never looked over after the visitors room. She made sure you had hot water, stuffed them, you know. But ah, uh, oh, no, they were. It, it was a wonderful period, you know, that we went through. And uh, but uh, you know. Uh, Everything moves forward and uh, the game's moved on from there and, uh, yeah, they're distant memories now. So I wonder, because you're the eldest of the boys and all of you and your brothers went on to play football, AFL football and at Essendon, but you did grow up on a farm. Um, Was it your aspiration to kind of get out of there and was it football in particular or you just wanted to get out of farming world? Because it's not like you had, you know, your brothers had your footsteps to follow in. Was it your dream to be an AFL footballer? Oh, not really. Yeah, I used to. I was like everybody else. Used to be right away and get footy life. I think it was called. Not inside. <laughs> we used to get inside football. And as a kid, I uh, I grew to love. Football. We grew up uh, playing both codes. Sam, we had uh, rugby league, and which was very strong. Mm. It was uh, taught through the schools, and it was only through. The old man and his mates that we uh, were taught how to play AFL or VFL it was known then. So uh, we had a feast of footy, you know, we a lot of league and a lot of rag, uh, and Aussie rules, and, uh, and it was great. You know, we come from a small community, young areas. It was a population now of about probably three hundred would be about it. Plus your uh, your, your rural um, your farmers. But the the sad thing about it is now that. Uh, you can make a living off 2,000 acres. Now guys are, um, uh, the older guys, if they haven't got sons to go on the farm, they sell up and move. And, uh, and you've got, you know, average farm up home now be 10,000 acres. Mm. You know, and, and there's guys putting in twenty and 30,000 acres, leasing country and bringing, all, you know, bringing their big machinery in. And so that affects the community? It does. Yeah. Well, you lose them. You, yeah. you lose your, your kids, you know. Families are, are gone and, uh, and these guys are all flying, fly out fellas. Right, you know, they're big corporates from Sydney, or um, uh, in a lesser case, it's just the local farmers. But they've just expanded and just uh, squeezed the, the smaller fella out of it, and uh, there goes all your your population, your kids, you know, and it affects your netball, your, your football, any any sporting and club you know, type things, and uh, makes it tough, but. You know, it was uh, back in our days. It was very strong, you know, and uh, the footy was strong. And uh, and Sam, I've got seven sisters too, by the way. So <laughs> we, 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 I've got to bring that up because if, if, if they seem to take up this podcast, I'll be the first ones on the phone <laughs> afterwards to say, "Listen, hey, what about us, you prick?" <laughs> so there was uh, seven girls in the family. They were all netballers. So, and that was very much uh, part of the. Caper up home. If you didn't get involved in sporting events and uh, get involved with the local show, rodeo, and and whatever else was going on in the community, you never had fun. Mm. You know, it was a way, a means of getting together and meeting people, and uh, everyone chips in and and you know they're working bees and all that sort of stuff to get it going. It was a 
it was great just to stand back as a kid and just watch how hard they really did work. Mm-hmm. Blokes like the old man, his mates, and and that to make it a, a successful event, whether it be the school athletics carnival, yep, making sure there's so, plenty of sawdust in the pits, you know, <laughs> for the high jump, yeah, and all that sort of stuff, making sure the track was firm and nice and even, no one was going to roll an ankle and <laughs> around the footy ground and all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it was very much, you know, and that's, you know, how we were educated and, uh, and you had to support the town and uh, and then that carried on to sporting events, you know, it was sort of us versus them. Yeah. We're going out to, we're going out to win and that's where you learn to caper. Before we get back to uh, footy, uh, to take Sam's point further, it, it sounds like almost what's happened with, with this M&D work from a family perspective, broader family perspective, is it's almost been a bit like, you know, in, fa- in, in a... Small community, everyone mm. digs in yep. and, and gets around whatever the cause is, as you said, athletics. Mm. But in this case, the family's dug in around the M and D appeal. Yeah, I think event. Uh, uh, Neil, you know, even in his time away, but he, he always enjoyed getting back home during a break or a, a term break or anything like that. So uh, spent a lot of time with mum there. I don't think we, I don't can't remember the last time Neil lifted a bale of hay. But, uh, <laughs> We're going back a long, long, long time. Lazy, how It used you? to be funny, you know, like uh, in our quiet periods because we, oh, I'd be stinking hot in the middle of summer and uh, Dad always had to have us doing something. He hated just sitting around. And, but even though he loved his cricket, you know, we used to watch yeah. the Windies and uh, Aussies playing Windies back then. It was yes, big stuff, you absolutely. know. Yeah, bloody, uh, they had a great side and... Uh, or New Zealand, Richard Hadley and all those guys, and they're all England, the Poms. So we'd go out, you know, we'd have lunch. Dad would always have a rest for his 15 or 20 minutes. And then <laughs> and we'd be all watching, ah, oh, come on, don't worry about watching it. Let's go out and go out the back. And it'd be 42 <laughs> degrees in the shade. We'd be out there bloody rolling the arm over, bloody playing cricket and this and that. <laughs> Next minute he'd get out with a roar and come on, you blokes, up to the shed. <laughs> And I said, what are we doing today, Dad? There's nothing to do. Mm. The harvest is finished, everything's... But he just had to get us out to do yeah. something. I said, what are we doing today, Dad? And he said, we're going out picking up rocks, son. <laughs> I said, well, what? And he said, yeah, we're taking the truck this time. We took a trailer last time. <laughs> and because we're on undulating, uh, hilly country and that sort of thing, and occasionally when you worked up the land, you'd, you'd, you'd turn up a few rocks here and there, big rocks. <laughs> So he just it took us out, and that was just part of yep. discipline, that type of thing. And uh, he took us out for a, an hour or two. We'd, we'd, put, we'd pick up half a truck of bloody rocks, and uh, <laughs> Neil would uh, it, it, it tell you the same story. It was hard work, you know. We, we'd make sure we had the water bottle with us. We'd been slogging it out there on the back cricket pitch, and uh, or I was. I couldn't get him out. <laughs> I was bowling. You had enough yet, son? You had enough? <laughs> it's your turn. You want a bat? I said, no, I nearly got you. Trying to knock his block off, <laughs> I nearly thrown the ball at him. Uh, but anyhow, we had, we had uh, yeah, it was, it was testing times, but uh, a lot of fun times back in that day. Absolutely. So, how come you and Neil end up together at Eston if you started your career at South Melbourne? <coughs> well, yeah, I, uh, uh, I went down there in '76, and um, and I gone to answer your question, Sam. Look, uh, you know, it was. It's great to get the opportunity, but never in my wildest dreams I thought that I'd ever have that. I just, I just stumbled over it, got a bit of support, have a bit of luck. Next minute, here I am down trialling out with South. Went down for with five or six others from the bush, and uh, and they held on to me. Cut a long story short, they decided they'll go with Tezza. 
<laughs> and uh, I had a year there, and I had a, a second year, the first year, didn't do a real lot, played one senior game. Second year, we rattled on, played 18 or so, including the final. And then, uh, but I had a had a role to play in that particular final and uh, didn't carry it out too well. And uh, <laughs> I don't think the coach was too impressed. <laughs> so, so sorry to buddy, but in our first season uh, before Sab joined us, we were with Scotty Cummings. And Scotty Cummings always said, you never want to hear you're a required player. Because at Essendon Sheeds told him he was a required player and then he ended up at Port. And then yeah. at Port, Brian Cuddyham said he was a required player, he ended up at West Coast. And then I think Trevor Nisbet said he was a required player, he ended up at Collingwood. Yeah. So did you find out you were a required player at Yeah, South it's very similar to Scotty. <laughs> and uh, and that, oh yeah, yeah, we want to hold on to you, but uh, we wouldn't mind Johnny Murphy from Fitzroy and uh, Neville Fields. And uh, look, we just put your name out there. And, uh, sure enough, I was nearly a Fitzroy. I was just, uh, you know... A, Bees, you know what, away from going to Fitzroy. I had a contract under my nose and uh, still to this day I'm a bit disappointed I didn't go back to Frank Bibby, I think the president's name was. Graeme Campbell just taken over coaching and uh, and I had, had some uh, talks with those guys and uh, and then right at the time I was taking the contract, I had a sign. Yeah. I was taking it back to him and uh, Eston just out of the blue rang and uh, said, we're interested in having a chat to you, young fellow. And I said, oh, well, hey, you're a bit late. I'm just taking, I've got a contract here, I'm taking it back to Fitzroy. And they said, do yourself a favour, come out and have a listen to what we've got to say. And uh, and I said, all right, I'll give you, yeah, we had lunch. They, they pumped a couple of pots into me and I thought, well, they're not bad blokes, are these fellas? And we're at the Wild Robinson's Hotel, that's <laughs> out down there in South Melbourne. So I'm channeling Dane here. Uh, did the did the contract they offer was that a bit better than what Fitzroy offered? <laughs> well, they, they were monetary wise, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but no, the money didn't come into it. But, uh, oh, but no, in the end, we've, we've lost eight again. <laughs> we uh, we decided on Essendon. Why? Oh, basically, because I, I I met a couple of mates yeah. at Essendon, a couple of, oh, just out on the town and uh, there one night, and uh, Jeff Burdett and a bloke by the name of Graham Hatcher and. Playing with Essendon at the time, and uh, and they sort of swayed me across. I sort of knew those guys, and uh, and uh, I'll never forget. When I first walked into the uh, my first training session, they were training doing pre season down at the showgrounds, and who did I run into? Crackers Keenan, <laughs> the Crackers. And I woke in and I put my hand. How you going there, uh, Crackers? And he said, "What are you doing here?" You were that bloke who was at South Melbourne. You've had one go, mate. You're useless. You know, I nearly felt like picking me out my bag and walking straight back out, back out to my car. And I said, "Oh, there's one bloody bloke. It doesn't really." Yeah, it was typical crackers. I got back to him in about six months' time and said, "Yeah, you going? You know, you want to lift your game?" You know? But uh, it's funny. But that that that's just the thing with football. Yeah. You, you tested tested out all the time, but uh, basically, in my in my time at South, it was uh, I was a, just a lad, didn't probably take it serious enough. They're dragging me out, to, mate. You, you got to remember, I come from 15, yeah. 15 k's out of Hungary, and Hungary, and it's nothing much happens in there, <laughs> nightlife wise. And then these guys come down here, and there's bloody lights and nightclubs, <laughs> and bloody blokes are dragging me out during the week, and they said. This is not going to bloody trouble us. We'll just keep dragging him out. He loves his bloody uh, this uh, these bands during the week and going out and having a few beers and things like that. So I didn't take it seriously enough. And of course, uh, Neil was fil- finishing his HSC at um, Assumption College, and uh, he had a fairly a good sporting period up there with his cricket and, 
and footy and and uh, and Dad was always one to save it, quid where he could. <laughs> on when he left uh, Goulburn, yeah, Dad rang South and said, "Look, I found this out later." He said, "Don't worry about Terry. Neil can play." <laughs> he said, "He said, look, if you look after his education, you, you might have him as a." Uh, a player down the track a yeah. bit, and, uh, and sure enough, Ober and Purek and the guys at the club agreed on but looking after his head two years, final two years. Oh, magnificent! Uh, so, oh, but when push come to shove, and I and Dad was spot on, TD gets the flick. <laughs> and, uh, but he was very clever that he uh, he, he he got Ober to pass over a pad. He didn't want his two boys playing against one another. Okay. So he made a, a, a statement there and made Ober and sign it. Wherever Terry goes, Neil's you know, play, you're going too. And he made over and he sort of ripped it off, folded it up, put it in his pocket, jumped the car and went back to the farm. <laughs> and then, of course, things escalated and uh, there was a bit of a blue, and a bit of, when push come to shove, they said, well, he's our player. Yeah. And uh, so Dad sort of had to you know, take a trip down to South and uh, knock on the door and say, Oberon, we need to sit down and talk. See that bit of paper we got here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you still got that, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it all right, son. Is that the you have one? another read of it. It was before Apple computers. Uh, Jim had it. his uh, pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it never lo- left it, uh, let it go. And uh, so, uh, yeah, he said, well, I'll have to take it to the committee, Jim, and see what happens. But they, they let, let Neil go, and then Neil was a player the next year. So I went to Essendon in 78, and he, he turned up in 79. So and just to modernise a bit, that uh, your comparison with Swanee is that um, Swanee was a slow burn too as a player mm. and so were you and I'm just wondering what do you think when some of these guys they get drafted at you know low pick like a Jamari Eugle Hagel and the spotlight on them is ridiculous and yeah, they're just young kids like you know Sometimes it's it's a uh, it's it's a good opportunity if if you can not be a low uh, you know a high, a high, high pick, high pick yeah mm. and and just be a slow burn and get yourself to to mature as a person as well as a, as a player. Well, I think it all gets back to maturity. Some some guys grow stronger quicker. Yep. Like I can remember as a kid, I was getting smashed and pushed around. Blokes were bloody. I'll never forget at school. You know the biggest. Just crazy, mate. I was winning all the athletics, hundred meters, and all that sort of stuff. Up until about twelve or fourteen, yep. and then all of a sudden these blokes had a growth spurt. Yeah, they're all running past me. I'm going <laughs> for my life. And going, what's going on here? There's three or four of them. I just try as hard as I could, and it's just a great learning statement. And uh, and that's the same as uh, you know, just you know, in footy as well. You know, some some just mature quicker than other. Neil, I, I would say, is one yeah. of those. Neil. Uh, Put a lot of thought into it. He hated travelling with me to footy games, and uh, <laughs> I used to. L- Why? Oh, I loved to. Oh, just laugh and carry <laughs> on, and bloody uh, Neil's just so focused. Yes, and that uh, I'll never forget. One day we went down to Moorabbin, and uh, we're on our way down there to play St Kilda, and I noticed Stan Carey, one of my teammates, Steve, was in front of me. He was driving a Datsun Bluebird and uh, I actually give him a shunt up the backside there at one of the red lights and his rear bumper dropped off <laughs> and Neil's in the car with me. He did not see the funny side of that at all. I've had to get out and pick up Stan's bumper bar and shove it in the back seat. Stan's got the shits and uh, Neil's got the... He's going ape. And, uh, so, uh, no, I didn't. I thought... Uh, 
Hey, I didn't mean to do that, Stan. Sorry, mate. I'll bolt it back on for you <laughs> there when we get back home. But uh, but yeah, you know, that's you know, people are just yeah, just just grow up differently. But so something else then you've got with Commodore Swanee because he always says he had two hours mm. when the ball bounced when the to start it when the ball bounced to finish. That was his two hours. Yeah, and he didn't have. He didn't do all this rah-rah and everything else before the game. He'd run out the, through the batter and be, mm. be smiling, whereas some players wanted to be completely uh, still focused from maybe yeah. from the time they woke up. Yeah. So w- what was your... Well, Neil was very much one of those. And yeah. and we had probably a handful of players very similar to I that just loved getting up and kicking the footies around the change rooms and there'd be blokes there kicking floaties. And bloody, uh, I'll never forget there one day, oh, down at Windy Hill there, a bloke come up off the... Might have been Vander, not too sure now, but anyhow, we walked up the steps into the main change room area yep. where blokes were kicking these floaters. You hit the ball to certain in the middle, the thing will deviate and float up yep. and down. And Vander sort of got interrupted. He, he, as he got to the top of the stairs, he looked back down into the gymnasium. Someone had yelled out to him. And one of these floating balls hit him fair in the Niagara's <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's bowed over him. He had the wind off. We've had to pick him up to him and take him out into the into the trainer's room, get his legs up <laughs> start pumping him to, uh, to, to get the to get him breathing again. <laughs> he copped him fair in the in the you know what's and uh, but uh, we had to resuscitate him and get him going again. But uh, <laughs> but oh the things when you look back. Yeah. They weren't wet balls, they were dry balls. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, so your first game, I looked this up, even though Essendon were having a bit of a dip at the time, I suppose you were around about the finals, but you walk in, your first game is you're playing with Tim Watson, Simon Madden and, and Vanders. And so just amazing that you know you can you can be put into Essendon and as you said, you nearly go to Fitzroy. Mm. Could have gone either way, but you walk in and three yeah. Three absolute icons all through the 80s together. Well, on top of that, uh, that year, well, I said uh, Crackers come to the club and um, Roger Merritt, uh, Glenn Hawker started that same year So uh, as young fellas. So, uh, yeah, it was a good good club to, to walk into and um, all, all we're all about the same age other than Robin Close was still there, I think. Ronnie Andrews, there's a couple of others. So, um, yeah... It, it uh, it was a really it turned out well. And most know. premierships seems to have that. Like the D's yeah. had it with Petrarca and Oliver and so forth, and the Cats and the Tigers. Yeah. That you have that little core. That's yeah. what that's what you actually need. And Swanee's uh, Swanee's group, the Rat Pack that comes through yeah. at, at Collingwood. You, you need that core to become a premiership team, don't you? I think so. Yeah, yeah. You need to uh, grow uh, as a team. Yeah, we went through our you know, downers and that there for a while, just like Collingwood did and other clubs and that. You've got to rebuild and uh, thankfully everyone stuck together and we went through the journey together and uh, you stay at it long enough and you top up with a Weston and a Duckworth and a Leon Baker. Well, yeah, away you go. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So Neil didn't play in the premiership, but uh, obviously because of his knees. But So there's now a generation who not only just only saw him as a Melbourne coach, but now a generation have only seen him as the MND hero that he's become. But how good a player was he at his best? Oh, he was a good, honest player. No, he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Neil was a, a good, good, solid back flanker. You could play him fullback. You knew he'd play him anywhere, full forward, half forward flank. Because he was so. Day, he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was, <laughs> but he was pretty. Like I said, mate, uh, he's pretty full on with his footy. Thought yeah. about it, uh, prepared well. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> you, know, you, you come ready to play. You know, you're back in those days. Yeah. You played on an opponent most of the time, and. Uh, you know, if you can sort of kick two or three goals on Bruce Dool, you're doing all right. Absolutely. But uh, no, Neil was a, a, a solid player. He really enjoyed the mateship of the game, like we all did. Really loved uh, being around his mates, and uh, and uh, he loved the the camaraderie and the uh, you know the reasons. That's probably a lot of the reasons that we play the game, and and, uh, uh, and we were taught that aspect of it back in young days. You, the old man said, I mean, you make sure you get over and shake his hand. I used to get the shit walk the other way. <laughs> Grab me by the ear, you get over there and shake his hand. <laughs> but, Dad, we lost. And I said, look, you lost because I was too good. You know, and Certain uh, values. What yeah, 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 the values and that were uh, it sort of drilled into us and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, Neil was uh, a very capable player and it was just disappointing, so disappointing that um, his knees went on him. No doubt. So he he became uh, captain, and you and actually yeah. you actually ended up being captain. Sheeds mm. appointed him. Tell us about Sheeds and your relationship over the journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's an interesting character, old <laughs> But he's uh, no, we had some great, we had a great journey. It was wasn't without. Uh, well, I didn't actually initially want the captaincy yeah. after Neil, and because uh, I just enjoyed my footy so much, you know. Finally, I'm starting to understand, you know, how hard you got to work, and uh, it's actually. Feels good when you're playing well. You're yeah. up and you're getting winning a bit of the footy, and blokes are actually kicking it to you, <laughs> not kicking it over your head to someone else, and that sort of thing. But uh, so that that aspect of it, I said to Kev. Kev said, "We think about making the captain." I said, "I don't want a captain. I'm uh, I'm happy enough doing what I'm doing here, mate. I'm getting a kick and loving it, and, uh, yeah, and all that sort of stuff." And I said, "Well, you're captain, and that's it." And I said, "What have I got to do?" And the other, it's captain. He said, "Well, you just listen to me. I'll tell you what." <laughs> so, oh, oh, I'm your puppet, am I? But no, no, like he. Uh, but he was great, Kev. It's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Really, when I look back, you know, it, it takes a responsibility off you, and you, you got to think about your teammates a lot more than yep. you know, and, and uh, be a little bit more aware of what's going on, and uh, because you're sitting in with. Adults like uh, team selection, and and you hear with a banter and, and what's going on. You get a more of an understanding of how the whole system works and why they drop this player and why they mind you. I had to stick up for a couple of blokes, <laughs> and, uh, and I was still lost out. But uh, I said, "Look, I tried half here, son, but you're back in my goose." But uh, but but that's the way. Uh, you know, that's but uh, like I say, education wise, it's a, it's the best thing I'd ever. That ever happened to me, as to say, but uh, Neil was just a born leader. 
yep. I think more so he uh, he was so in tone with what was going on and the minute he left Assumption and and uh, we worked out the deal and, and he became an Essendon player he walked straight into the seniors and uh, and then played 80 odd games and and then was named captain the, the youngest captain ever so uh, I think that Speaks uh, speaks for itself. We had D- Dermot in here a couple of months ago. Oh, me old mate Dermot. Yeah, old mate Dermot. Just how Rough. how violent were those, <laughs> were those clashes between you two guys? Well, we did. We had uh, well, we've had our fair share. Uh, oh, it was Hawthorne. Yeah, you, you look, you're playing Hawthorne, mate. You know, it's not just one player. It's Dipper I mean, and yeah, there's I bloody mean, all these I other lunatics that are running around and <laughs> in there's hide, but. Uh, Oh, one, it's wonderful. When you look back, it's uh, yeah, we're probably the best of mates now. You know, yeah. I see more, I see more of Dermy and Dipper and, <laughs> than I do some of my teammates. You know, like yeah. around the traps and uh, at different functions and, and so forth. So, uh, oh, there's just a you know, obviously a mutual respect. Yeah, we all, but he, he knocked me a couple of my mates out. And <laughs> I tried to get him in a grand final, and then I. I was just so damn annoyed I didn't hit him hard enough. And, uh, <laughs> then he finished up whacking a couple other cuts into me, but I caught them all except one. He got one on me beat. Look but, at the uh, smile on his face. And isn't it interesting after, like, this week in the tribunal how far footy has come, uh, but that smile on your face yeah. when oh. reminiscing about, you know, smacking each other around on the footy We field. used to do that, but, oh, God, there's, there's times there we used to whack blokes, like, talking to me old club, South Melbourne. Yeah. We played them out at Waverley there one day and I had this mate, I called him mate, I knew him. I played against his father, old Max Senior, Max Cruz, yep. was from Leeton in New South Wales, played in the, the, the league up there and Max was fullback this day on me and I was full forward at, out of Waverley there and he kept scragging and holding me back and he belt me in the kidneys and I said, you keep doing that mate and, uh, and I'll give you one and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he just kept uh, – it didn't change and uh, and, uh, and I, was, I was doing okay. I kicked a few on him and uh, and he kept going on with it. Even, only more. Push, push, push. Uh, yeah. And I just went <laughs> – found the time and I looked back at the goal umpire and trying to find out where the umpires were and give him the biggest clout on the chin <laughs> that ever did. But I, I finished up busting my bloody hand and uh, I couldn't bloody – I had to wear a bloody uh, – a splint a bit like what uh, Mullane wore yeah. in that, that grand final in 90 and uh, plaster thin case it's the worst thing ever did nearly I played with that against Fitzroy nearly chopped all four of my fingers <laughs> but uh, yeah silly things you do yes, but uh, you warn them they keep doing it but I didn't quite <laughs> his chin wasn't should have been over there <laughs> and that yeah, I had to rebuild my thumb after the season. <laughs> yeah, so I Sam made a big operation. Sam mentioned the the Dugowie, uh bump. I was just talking to Swanee before, and to, to me it's like it does seem that players – I'll put it this way. I reckon in the 1980s there wouldn't have been a Hawthorne and Essendon player just tapping yeah. the ball in front of him, ex- not expecting death. Oh, when you're <laughs> expecting a, a collision, yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why it was pretty important to keep you – Bumper bars? Yeah, yeah, keep your bumper bar up, <laughs> your elbows up as, as much as you could within uh, within reason. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I think it's a good move making it the head sacrosanct today. It's uh, the game's moving too quick. Back then we used to slip and slide, and but still you did enough damage. There's no question about it. I think we find that out with some of the the players out there today, and. Um, 
now that in the aftermath of it all are, um, are struggling, are struggling a bit with memory loss and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, that's a game. You know, where you, you knew there, there there were risks. You know, in playing our game, it's a collision game, and but you never that that was the furthest thing down the list that you ever thought about. You know, it's all about getting out with your mates and playing a game of footy and supporting one another and trying to win a game of football and then go out and have a few beers. It was funny knowing you were coming in. I went down to YouTube rabbit hole last night, Sam. <laughs> 1984 International Series. I don't even know uh-huh. if you would know that this is on, on uh, YouTube, right? Yeah. So it's Australia versus Ireland in Ireland. Uh. <laughs> the, great, the great man's playing and... The skills actually were unbelievable. They're playing with the soccer balls. The first time was this hybrid between Australia and Ireland. I think for years they might have been. Yeah, they'd the had a break and then they would come back. So here's so, so some of these on ballers are Johnny Platten, Robbie Flower, Craig Bradley, Morris Rioli, Peter Motley, the most unbelievably skilled mm. players. And then there was Mark Lee. Now, the if general. I say that, do you remember what happened? Because I'll explain it if you don't. No, remember I like what that. Happened. <laughs> the general get a game because we took off, took over all these tall blokes. We didn't need them. Simon yeah. Madden. Mark Lee, Sticks Kernahan, uh, Satori. There must have been five or six of them, but there wasn't a spot really for them in the, in the game. So the general, uh, for those who can't remember that era, or was your age, Sam, uh, he, would, he was a genuinely giant man, wasn't he? Yeah, big yeah. fella, big strong boat. And uh, so the, the, co- the commentary is Peter Landy... <laughs> And an Irish fella, right? yeah. <laughs> and the the, the slow boats aren't the best back then, back then, and and an <laughs> Irish guy is lying on the ground, <laughs> and and the Irish the Irish commentators go, well, I think he's he's just backed into the pack in a bit. You know, it's a little bit of an accident that might have happened, and then they show the slow bow, and Mark Lee is giving him a Barry Hall, <laughs> oh. and they go. Well, I think it wasn't quite the Irish fella's fault. <laughs> so it had a little bit of Aussie brutality yeah, to go yeah. with it. Oh, I, I dare say you would have bonded with all those players back then. Been on no, it was a fantastic trip, mate. Yeah, to go away with some of those players you just mentioned, and uh, you know, to be away a month. Yeah, we played a lot of uh, played in community areas, just put on exhibition matches up in Armagh and Northern Ireland, and around the place, we were kept pretty busy. And that's the great thing about the trip and uh, it was just very interesting. This is how small the world it is, uh, Ralph. Um, I was only out the other day having a round of golf with a chap and this guy's going away with 15 other players to Ireland. They're leaving in a, a week or two's time and, uh, and we got talking. I got talking about that series and he said, mate, what was that bloke's name you just mentioned? I said, Owen Liston. They used to call him Bomber Liston. Said, Owen Liston? I played golf against that bloke because they'd been over there previously. <laughs> and I said, yeah, the big Bomber. And Bomber was my first opponent Wow! over there. We played down in Cork. And I'll never forget, he's like a big bear. A big, huge beard and uh, scruffy, you know. And I said, this bloke can't play. And then here we said, oh, Teddy, your name's Teddy Denneher. Oh, Gee, I've been watching you. I've been reading about you. You were a darn good footballer. And I said, oh, I hope you have a great game out there today. Hope you do well. And he put his hand out to shake me and I told him to get stuck. <laughs> and it was the biggest mistake I ever made, mate. I was playing centre-half back. He was centre-half forward. And this bloke could read the ball drop. They can do yes. all sorts of things with the ball, curl it and make a drop, and he was just in every spot. <laughs> he must have kicked about two six-pointers and about 
no one bloody uh, over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I've had the sheep as he walked up and I said, oh, you've been better than I thought you were. <laughs> and he said, oh, don't worry about that, Ted. It's a lot of fun. I just really enjoyed playing with you. Let's go and have a beer. Let's go and have a point. And uh, so from that time on, we're, uh, we've been best of mates. I was over in Ireland a few years ago and, uh, and I uh, happened to catch up with uh, another player that played Jack, uh, Jack O'Shea and Jack gave me. Bombers Jack number, <laughs> and he worked. He works for the Bank of Ireland. That's right down the deep south. And uh, and uh, and I rang him. Yeah. And he said, "Teddy oh, Anderher, great to hear your voice. Where are you? You in Australia?" And I said, "No, I'm I'm in Dublin. Oh, you must get yourself down here. Let's go. Yeah, come down and have a round of golf." And I said, "Oh, you're a bit far, mate. I haven't got time. I was with Gavin Morrison. We went over to watch uh, the first test of the, the Australian Ireland game of." of Years later, yep. but uh, but uh, a wonderful experience, yeah, with all that sort of stuff. And uh, I, I don't know whether they've still got that concept going today or not. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been put it? on yeah. hold, hasn't it? And yeah. uh, just like state of origin footy and all that sort of stuff, we were blessed with the, the you know the, the opportunities, you know, to be getting out and uh, and playing, you know, with you know, blokes that uh, you often played against, you know, all the. All the great players. So I'll ask you if just a few names, say whatever you like. Uh, Tim Watson. Tim was my vice captain. Yeah, uh, Tim, great player. Yeah, stood the test of time. And uh, a bit annoyed with him, though. He come back in 93. I, I retired at uh, the end of 92. I finished up in the seconds. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with James Hurd. Uh, Rick Olerenshaw, Mar McCurry, all the baby Tom bombers that went on yeah. to win next year. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I uh, I kicked six in the seconds, <laughs> but I reckon I got four. Like I reckon I got four over the top. Probably only deserved two. Yeah, the boys looked after me that day, and uh, I'll always remember recall going into the office as you pick up your final pay and say goodbye to the coach and all that sort of stuff. I said, Kev, just on my way out. Yeah. I said, mate, to kick six. Seconds, I reckon I, I reckon I've got another year left in me. <laughs> he showed me the door. See that door there? <laughs> keep going. You better go out, walk straight out it, and keep going. And, uh, and then bug me, did he gets Watson back out of retirement? Watson didn't even play in the seconds last year. Gets him out of retirement. He finishes up playing in the '93. Got another premiership <laughs> with the baby bombers. But uh, yeah, superstar Tim. Yeah, great player. Along with Madden, yeah, they were two of the best. Yeah, the two of the standouts. And then of course. Yeah, you got all the rest of them, Hawker and Vandar and uh, Leon Baker and uh, Weston and uh, uh, mate Nobby Clark. Yeah, there wouldn't be a we didn't sort of have a poor player there for eighty four, eighty five. Was the myth was the myths of Paul Vanderhart mainly true? Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> oh, I'll never forget there one night I uh, he called around. Home there, we're going to we're playing down at Cadinia Park down at Geelong, which was so a huge trip back then. Yeah, it was a big trip down the <laughs> country Geelong. footy. Yeah, getting out. it felt like that yeah. too, country footy. And uh, so he uh, he called over home and uh, we put the beds, the kids to bed, and uh, so we put on tea for him. And uh, of course, we drank long necks in. We had a couple of long necks, and then uh, he'd have a few and puffs so and. Uh, <laughs> And I said to, uh, next morning, I said to Garner, my wife, I said, what time do you get to bed? And he said, oh, jeez, it wouldn't have been to one thirty. He was on the scotch and... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, it was pre-game. 
Yeah, pretty good. This is Friday night. And I said, oh, God. And then I'm getting out. I'm half sleepy. I didn't, you know, I crashed about 10.30. I said, mate, I'm going got to get a good bit of sleep. And he went down there and it was nearly BAG. <laughs> he pissed on ground. He had a super game, Mark and the footy, but that was just his routine, yeah. mate, I found out. Well, if it he, worked. Uh, he's always out, out at the pub or out somewhere with the mates <laughs> playing cards or uh, doing something, you know, till all hours on Friday. Hey, what was Michael Long like walking into the club? Cause yeah, was Mike a, was a pretty was uh, back then, pretty for, shy yeah. Yeah, young fella when he first came in. Only, nothing of him. Yeah. Yeah. His bloody uh, gear was hanging off him, but uh, <laughs> but wow, what a uh, yeah, he was a good kid. He never said a lot, Michael, back in the day. But whatever he said, it was yeah. very with a quip. Yeah, you know, very sharp and uh, <laughs> and quite often very funny. You know, and uh, I'll never forget there one day in the change rooms. There we had, you know, it's about the times when all the sports psychs started coming into the club. Yeah, and uh, we had this guy Noel Blundell, great fella, done done a great job. I think he worked in golf and worked in a lot of other sporting areas and uh, had this thing about have been right to play. You know, you, you, on Saturday, you can't be too up, can't yep. be too tense. And you know, if you're a bit like that, I can bring it down. Or if you feel a bit sleepy and dopey and want to be picked up a bit. Yeah. Well, he's got uh, Michael's only a couple of cha- you know, doors up, change room uh, little uh, doors up from me. And he come over, Noel's come over to him and said, how, how are you feeling, Michael? Are you ready to play? And he said, mate, if you let me do my bootlaces up, <laughs> I'll be ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Noel sort of scratched his head and moved on to the next one. And, uh, <laughs> that was just him. Yeah, yeah but right, Michael, I don't think that uh, Mike was too in, uh, into all that sort of stuff. <laughs> just let him, he's just natural, just go out. And yeah. Play the game of footy. Not, so, don't worry about being too high or too low. Or, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got to finish your time at Collingwood because your first year was was I think was the first year of Dane Swan being at Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful year. I enjoyed. I only had one year there. I'd only signed up. Two thousand three. Yeah. Big about was it two thousand three? I reckon. Oh, it might be. It might be the next. Uh, well, it was a year. Yeah. Well, we got beaten. It was a year lapping. Brogy played with the ribs. In the grand final. In the grand yeah, final. Yeah, 2-0-3. Yep. Was it? Yep. 0-3. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful year, really. It's uh, uh, And I didn't realise how big a loss Anthony Rocket would be to our team or yep. to our forward line set up, you know, at the time. And uh, What was young Dane like? Dane was... Uh, didn't have much pressure. Dane was Dane. <laughs> Dane, was, Dane was a bit like Longy too, early days. Didn't say a real lot. <laughs> Let his actions speak... His words and he just went out and done his stuff. You could see he was a bit of a lad. Yeah, you could, there's something about him. You know, the way <laughs> he, he strutted, he strutted around. Oh, and, he had a strut, did he? And I got, <laughs> and I go, hang on, what? Where's this bloke from? Mate? <laughs> and I, I knew his old man, yeah, I knew Billy, Billy and yeah. uh, I sort of knew Billy's background a bit and uh, from where he'd been and, and been at a few clubs and and uh, but he was no uh, Dame was uh, just cutting his teeth. He was just trying to. Settle in, trying to get a game and That's play. It. it was a, it was a an interesting year because and there's another chap there, Nick Maxwell, and Fair Dinkum. When Nick come to the club, and I go, now oh, well, this kid's got another chance. And I look back, you know, I had I got a second chance and and did okay with. And I said, well, I hope this kid get, goes, but I, geez, he's a long way from it. Yep, you know, he just 
looked a bit slow. He wasn't a good kick. He wasn't good in a lot of areas. And uh, and he was a, I don't know whether he was a rookie draft in the end or not, but... Uh, from Geelong, he, yeah? Yeah, from Geelong. Yeah. He played down at um, uh, Ballarat, I think. Yep. And uh, they just, he still played footy. Yes. And then yeah, Geelong gave him an opportunity and it, it didn't work for him there. And then this once uh, Collingwood picked him up, I'll never forget that kid he used to, even on the off days, you know, when we had a, had a day's break, I'd get his call. Nick here, mate, you mind coming down to the club? I need to work on me kicking and, and, and that sort of thing. So, no worries, mate, I'll come down and give you a hand. Well, he, was he, he on the phone ran as well? me until I was blue in the face. <laughs> I was providing leads. Yeah. You know, up and back, cross, just giving him different angles. Yep. And uh, trying to get him and help him with his kicking and that sort of thing. And I go, <laughs> that's enough, Nick. Well, I think we might call it. <laughs> How about you go do some looting and I'll pick at you. And, uh, but uh, it's, you know, he's just one of the uh, great stories. You know, to become premiership captain. That, uh, that just chipped away, kept yeah. chipping away, chipping away, and got a game, then cemented his spot, and then next minute he's captain, and he's captain of a premiership uh, team. And I thought for any young kid that's sort of starting out in footy, do what that kid yep. had done to, you know, to get a second chance. That's what I'd like to say to Sam Wiedemann and, and these other guys. You've got to make the, make the most of it. It's not going to come to you. Yep. You've got to work for it. Work, work, work. And uh, that's how that kid certainly did it. But it was a wonderful, a wonderful time there. And to meet Dane, and, uh, and I'm still very close to him. I was lucky. I'm very lucky. My son's uh, uh, very close with Dane. Uh, Kids and uh, their kids right. went to school together and uh, or go to school together and Peter, good mates with did <laughs> Benny Johnson, all the bloody <laughs> rat pack. They're all they're all still there. They're all quite solid and and Taz is not too far away, although he's in two racks somewhere yeah. now. But, uh, but uh, it's great. They were a great bunch of guys and uh, I, I remember we used to slip down to a you know, delis and those sorts of things and have lunch there. And Dane would be with them and yep. there'd be Neil Baum and a few of us coaches and, and that sort of get away. They're the, the things that mean a lot to footy, you know, yep. like uh, that meant a lot to me and, I, and I'm sure to everyone else. That that's all part of building that uh, camaraderie and uh, making the club and uh, it was a wonderful year. Mick did a pretty good job with them but sadly they couldn't quite get over the line that year for reasons. One of the reasons was that Rocker through suspension in the prelim. And just to round it all off, for the reason you're here, of course, for, for, for Neil and to promote MND, and it's uh, it's basically now, Sam, it's a tax in Melbourne now. If you live in Melbourne and you don't buy a beanie, yeah. you're doing the wrong thing by the society. Absolutely. You've got to buy, buy a can beanie. Can I just say, year. I was at the um, footy on the weekend working, and it wasn't a Frio game. But there was a, um, a father and son that had obviously come over for the weekend to watch some footy. And so they were wearing Frio gear. Yeah. But both of them had M&D beanies on. And I just oh. thought, how cool is that? They've obviously come over for a father-son yeah. weekend to watch the footy together. And they're still wearing a, an M&D beanie. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But it just shows how far the Neil, reach is. Yeah. I don't know. I think Neil might have had a bit of time at Frio. He did? Early days, yeah, I think. Before uh, he got to the Demons. He cut his teeth yeah, there before he coach, yep. got the coaching job at uh, the Dees. So it is wonderful, Sam, to, to see that. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been mind-boggling. Like I said earlier, like I, we didn't think that it would grow legs like it like it has done. And uh, for such a good cause, and 
I just hope that uh, not too long in the future we can sort of get an outcome. It's still a fair way off, apparently, from all reports, but uh, we just got a soldier on and uh, we just hope that uh, people will remain supportive and uh, and give what they can and uh, and uh, it'll be a, a great celebration if and, and, and when we, uh, we can find a cure for the... I coincidentally farewelled a very close mate of mine through M&D last Friday and uh, and he had eight years and I don't think it's coincidental. I've got a sample size of two, which you're always going to be careful <laughs> of using a sample size of two, but with Neil and my, my good friend, and if people want to look this up, Phil O'Keefe MND, he... Uh, the things he was doing in the AI space, he donated his brain and, and uh, himself to the study of um, how you could use your brain uh, while, while your limbs went on you. Mm. So he... he um, and this is an American... I think the reason it was here was because in America they were too scared because of the legalities of uh, something went wrong, getting sued, so they figured in Australia you could get away with it more and Phil was happy, just go for it. Yeah. He, he could do internet banking by thinking about it, by he could turn in lights on and off and, and wow. things like that. Um, and this was all because they put the fuse into him. So it, it, it's progressed so mm. much mm. due to his work. So he's been a selfless hero in a, in a, in a low-profile way, the way Neil's mm. embraced it in a high-profile way. But where I'm going with this is that I, I spoke to him often about it and he said that it gave him a purpose and it, he, he thinks it prolonged his life mm. because it gave him a purpose rather than just withering physically. He had a purpose mentally and to help others in the future. And I just wonder if, if Neil, obviously, be, by, being, by mm. being able to embrace what he's done, if hopefully that's, that's helped him... Uh, Prolong his life. Oh, very much, very much so. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, great story. Sadly, that come to an end, but uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. Some of the some of the stories you hear out there, and and uh, and and, and in, from Neil's point of view, I think that's had a lot, very much a lot to do with him um, still being with us today. It gives him a purpose. Gives him. Uh, as I say, he's fairly steely. He, uh, he, he wants to beat the beast and uh, he's got good support around him, uh, which is imperative. And, um, yeah, let's hope that uh, he, uh, he soldiers on. We're uh, popping out to the club, I think, on Thursday to, to greet the players. So uh, he might give them a groan and a <laughs> wink. And, Isn't that uh, the most amazing thing, though? Like some days when you haven't slept well or you're tired, you can't be bothered mm. going to work. You know, or if you've had an argument with someone or you're injured in some way, you can't be bothered going to these commitments. Mm. But Neil just seems to show up Mm. and be smiling. You know, like he's always just... His energy around him is always so upbeat despite what he must be going through. He never kind of lets that um, Mm. affect his day and certainly not affect other people around him. Yeah, no, he's... uh, It must be tough, you know. I'd I'd hate to be in his boots, really. It's... uh, yeah, to be sort of happening. And Jan and the whole family. Have to sort of, you know, you rely on support, really, because yeah. your, your nervous system shuts down and particularly, you know, you, the things you take for granted, like just a taste. Mm. I'm sure he'd love to taste a, a steak or a, have a little sip of nice Shiraz. <laughs> you always thought I brought shit wine around <laughs> whenever I went around there, but uh, I thought it was okay. But uh, you're fussy in that area, but... Uh, Things like that that we just take for uh, granted, you know. He, he just, you know, um, yeah, it's tough, you know, just to sleep at night, you know, to be on his side and, and uh, have to rely on everyone to, live, you know, to feed him and stuff like that. But uh, he's a he's a soldier, he's a fighter, and uh, 
Yeah, I just hope that uh, we have a successful day on Monday. And, uh, no doubt. No doubt. It's, uh, he loves, he, you know, it's, it's, it's all right to, you know, it's hard work, he knows, you know, to, in raising money and, uh, and keeping that awareness going. But uh, a big part of it is, and one of the things he really highlighted was all about having fun too. Yes, along the journey, and um, and that's uh, so. I think he's got a, a good perspective on and on why it, it has been a success. Really, in a lot of ways, is that that aspect of it. And, you know, let's have fun. Let's uh, get out and do what we got to do. And uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm not sure he'd be very open to be saying a very big thank you to everyone that uh, has supported him thus far. Yeah. Well, I totally f- had forgotten until we looked at the um, the fixture for today. I totally forgotten who the two teams that were that play in this Monday clash, even though it's Collingwood mm. Essendon. Like they're two huge clubs. Because to me oh, now, Melbourne. sorry, yeah. yes, to, to me it's not even about who's playing anymore. It's, it's an it's event. The, it's the big freeze yeah. game. Yeah. At the G Monday, oh, it's the big freeze. So my yeah. partner's going, and he's a mad Collingwood supporter with, uh, sorry, a mad Geelong supporter uh, with some Western Bulldog supporters. Like it doesn't even matter who you go for; they just they're not going for the for the footy. Really, they're going to the big mm. freeze. Yeah, yeah. Support. it's a big occasion for yeah. you know from from where it starts at Fed Square, you know, initially with the pre-game stuff, and then eventually the, the walk down. It's just a it's a great walk down to the MCG, and then. We settle in before you know it. The uh, the entertainment part of it begins. The the, uh, the slide and and all yeah. that. So the whole day, we just hope we need you know, need the gods to be kind to us weather wise, and uh, it'll be a it'll be a wonderful event. Mm. Uh, thanks to the organisers and uh, those who put their hand up mm. <laughs> to uh, go down the slide. Oh. well, th- thanks thanks to you for coming in, and the best way of thanking Terry for coming in and listening to his chat over the last hour is to buy a beanie as a starting point, and mm-hmm. if you if you have a couple of spare bucks left over, uh, donate it to the MND, and we're going to beat this beast. Thank yeah. you, Terry. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 